welcome to the JSM podcast. Um, this week we're going to focus on um, actually hearing one of the messages that I taught a while ago. Um, we, um, one, it's been a busy week, but two, this has just been on my heart. So this week is episode 54 um, and I'm flying solo for our intro, but um, the reason why this message, it's a message that um, I taught on focusing out of just the fall in the book of Genesis um, and looking at, you know, much of God's heart towards us. And, and I think it's an important place, I think, in our relationship with God to begin um, that many of us... Um, I think have a hard time understanding when it comes to the fall, the, the change, the shift in relationship between us and God in the garden. And it has such a huge, huge impact. I think when it comes to our whole entire perspective about who God is, and I don't think it's often something that we focus on in the light of relationship with him and the grief that the Lord felt um, in that moment. And so this will probably be split up over, you know, two weeks of just, I, I encourage you to just kind of pause and ponder um, who, who God is in relationship with you and seeing him not as somebody who wants to, rule or control, but looking at it as a relationship in which we have free will and we decide whether we want to live in fullness or I guess, you know, the way I look at it is almost like create our own world and we choose and decide much of those things. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, as you listen, I hope it speaks to your heart and we should be back with um, just live conversation a couple weeks. Um, but probably over the next two weeks, this week and next week, it'll be this message and just kind of taking some time to contemplate it. So hope y'all have a blessed day and enjoy. I'm excited to get the opportunity to share this morning. Um, we're going to actually be going in Genesis this morning. So if you want to get that ready, at least in that direction. We're going to kind of do it like one of those movies where it like starts at the end, even though we all know how this goes, but we're going to start in chapter three and then we're going to go back. So that spot where you're like, oh no, I wonder what happens or how they got there. And so that's where we're going to begin today. We're going to start in verse, it's okay, you probably can't do the slides because I'm doing it backwards. <clears throat> so we're going to start in chapter 3 and verse 8. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden, so they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? 
The man replied, it was a woman you gave me who gave me the fruit I ate. Then the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? The serpent deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate. Now we're going to skip down. Down to verse 20. Then the man, Adam, named his wife Eve because she would be the mother of all who live. And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Then the Lord God said, Look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. What if they reach out, take fruit from the tree of life, and eat it? Then they will live forever. So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden, and he sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. After sending them out, the Lord God stationed mighty cherubim to the east of the Garden of Eden, and he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word. Lord, I thank you for your kindness. This morning we heard over and over again about hearing your voice and listening to you speak. And Father, I just pray this morning that our hearts would be open to receive the words that you want to show us, Father. That you would restore us back to that connection, that place of being in close relationship with you where we used to walk through the garden with you, Father. And I just thank you for each person here, Father. I just pray that their ears would be open, their eyes would be open, and their hearts would be open to receive your word. That they would be in a place of expectancy because you are going to speak this morning. You are going to meet us right here where we're at. And you're going to speak deeply to our hearts. Because you desire connection with us. You desire so much to be close to us. You desire to walk with us. You desire to sit with us. And you desire to commune with us. We just thank you so much for this day. And we commit this time to you in your son's name. Amen. The heart behind this message is, for those that don't know, um, during the week, I have the joy of being a counselor, which I love. But often I encounter people that don't understand really what it means to have relationship and connection with God. There's often lies and deception and things that stand in the way from them being able to have that moment, being able to enter into his presence every day and enjoy communion with him because they have this false idea of who he is. They're left at that moment outside the garden, and that's how they feel life is. And it's sad, because I know, I know who my God is. I know what he desires. So that's why we're starting at the end, so we can go back to understand how we got here, and to understand who God is, and what he desired, and what his design, and what his plan was for us to be in connection with him. So we're going to go back to chapter 1. And we're going to start in verse 26. See, this part is where it's really exciting. Because if we picture if we're standing there and you're like watching on the outside, like all of a sudden there was nothing and then there was something and then there was earth and then there was water and then there were animal and like all of these things are happening I mean it's absolutely exciting to stand there could you imagine being in that moment and watching all of these things begin to unfold and then you stand there in anticipation because something is different this time when God goes to make something he doesn't speak this one into existence 
he pauses. This one he does with his hands. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image God, of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. And then we're going to skip to chapter 2. Have you guys jumping all over the place? Verse 5. Neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth, for the Lord God had not yet sent rain to water the earth, and there was no people to cultivate the soil. Instead, springs came up from the ground and watered all the land. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden in, in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then we're going to skip down to verse 15. The Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and um, all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But still, there was no helper just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out of one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. At last, the man <laughs> exclaimed, this, is, this one is bone from my bones and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. So we see from the beginning that God, that we were made in his image. And what that means is connection. We were made to be connected. We were made to create and cultivate. We were made, it, made to live in this space of freedom. There, was no, there were no limits at that time except for one. Because in all healthy relationships, there's limits. In all healthy relationships, there's boundaries. In all healthy relationships, there's that point where you end and I begin. And so God had set out. He said, hey, it's all yours. Go and cultivate it. Go walk in it. Go do whatever you want. Have fun. But there's one thing. There's one thing. Don't eat of that tree over there. That was it. And so they had this freedom. And I just picture the most glorious place 
I mean, there was no fallenness yet. There was no brokenness. It was just magnificent, probably the most beautiful thing any of us could even fathom, and that's where they stood every day. Because we don't know how long the time span was from that moment to the next moment. We don't have the luxury of that. But I have a feeling that it was some time that they would spend their days with their God and that they would spend their time talking to him and they would enjoy all of his creation and all of the wonderful things that he made. And they would probably have conversations and they would name animals and they'd probably laugh as they walked about or all their different colors or all the beautiful things about them. Enjoyed that moment. And there was nothing in between them and the Lord, nothing. It was absolute freedom. There was no shame. Could you imagine standing in a space where there's no shame? Nothing holding you back and complete openness before the one that made you? And that is God's heart and his desire for us. It's for us to sit in that space, for us to be in a space where we can be completely open. And we know how it ends. There is separation, sadly. But also, like we sung this morning, that changes through Christ. So I want us to think about how we were made in his image, how we were made to reflect him, how we were made to be like him, not him, but be like him, to stay in that space. And I think about this triune God who is three in one. So I'm like, he wasn't just one. I always say if he was, he would be a narcissist, and he's not. He's not narcissistic. Not at all. He's about connection. And how often do we view him as a narcissist? How often do we view him as one that we cannot come to who is constantly angry with us because we are not perfect? Just like any narcissist would. Be angry with us, be upset with us all the time. But that was not it. That's not who he is. He was about love and connection. He got down in the dirt. He created man. That's the love that he had for him. He made him with his hands. He didn't speak him into existence like he did everything else. He was different. He was set apart. He was different than anything else he had done. With such tenderness and love. I think about making something. When you put your hands to it, the tenderness that you give it. That's the tenderness that he had for us. That's the tenderness that he desired for us. That's how much he loved us. It was different than anything else. It wasn't like all of other creation. We were made differently. The other thing is he gave them the freedom to cultivate the land. He gave them responsibility. He's not controlling. Not at all. How often do we hear stories or we have this idea that he is, that he's constantly angry with us? That if we do wrong, wrong move, he's going to come in and he's going to be mad like some controlling person. That's not who he is. He gave them freedom. He said, here's all these things. Go about, have fun. So we've knocked out. He's not narcissistic. He's not controlling. He gave them the opportunity to make a mistake. We also see that life comes from God. He is the source. 
And how often do we sit in a space that we don't live in the fullness of all of the life that he desires? That's why I want you to picture, to use your imagination to begin to think about what it must have been like at that moment. And and it's very difficult for us because there's so many things that stand in the way. How much we stand outside of the garden, feeling this distance between us and God, bound by shame, bound by mistakes, bound by words, bound by labels, bound by all of the things that keep us in that space of not truly enjoying what he designed and what he desires for us. And we know that we can step back into that space through the blood of his son. And that's for later on. I'm not covering that today. But that space of just being with him. And we stand in a time where there are so many labels and we're talking so much about revival and I feel like we spend all of our time looking around at everybody else waiting for revival to happen. But it starts right here. It starts in my heart. It starts with the stirring up. It starts with the removing of labels. It starts with me standing in that space where I am connected to my God and there is nothing in between him and I. It starts with me spending that time immersed in his presence on a daily basis, an hourly basis, a minute-by-minute basis, consumed with who he is. That's where it starts. When we talk about revival, we talk about bringing the land back to life in the way that God designed it and the way that he intended for it to be. That is what we talk about. We're calling out to the ground for it to come forth with life because that's what we are put on this earth for, to cultivate. We call out to each other to come to life because the Holy Spirit lives within us and our words matter. We were made in his image. Life and death is in the tongue. The things that I speak are important. And so we have the opportunity to call forth life in each other, to look at each other, and to say, you're amazing. You were made in his image. You are beautiful. All of those words, to call forth life, to say you are important. Your father loves you. Life comes forth through my tongue, through the mouth that God made. And we get to stand in that space of calling forth life of remembering what we were created for, to commune with our Father, to walk in that garden on a daily basis, to be in that space where we're connected, because that's what he desires for us. That's what he longs for with us. That's what his heart aches for with us. So much so, so much so, He would go to the extent to send his son to die. That's how much he desires for there to no longer be space between us and him. That's pretty extensive to me. That's love. That's a person that took me and formed me with his hands and loves me intensely. That he would send his son just so he could hang out with me again. That's how much. But see, the thing is, so as we continue on with the story as we know, So we're going to go to the part that we skipped. (laughs) We're going to go to where everything started to shift. So Genesis 3. This time in verse 1. 
The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Well, of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. No, she didn't. (laughs) So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened and suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. That's sinking for a minute. Could you imagine that moment? Like everything is just perfect, and then it just shifts. Just in that instant, it changed because they made a selfish decision. When I have studied the effects of our thoughts and our decisions on our cellular level, it is mind-blowing. But in that moment, in that moment, they stepped out of their perfect design, and things started to change. In that instant, things started to deteriorate. Things started to shift. Things were different. Because our minds were not created to be selfish. Our minds were created to be avenues of God's love, to cultivate, to create, to speak life, to move within that. And in that second, everything started to change. Everything started to shift. There was suddenly a ripple effect makes me think how much we don't pay attention to our one decision and the way it impacts other people's lives. Our one decision and the way it just spreads all the way throughout. We think, hey, it's just me. Nobody knows. It doesn't matter. I'm like, well, let's talk about the garden. (laughs) Because it does. Because everything in that moment, things shifted. They stepped out of love and they chose something different. They chose a different life. They made a different decision. They stepped out of their design. Their design was love. Our design is love. Our design is to stay in communion with God. Our design is to walk in the garden. Our our design is to sit there and enjoy the fruit. Our design is to sit there and look at the animals. Our design is to watch beautiful sunsets. That's what our design is. But in that moment, they stepped outside. that moment their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. And when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. 
And the Lord God called to the man, because he already knew, where are you? I wonder if in that moment his heart began to break. I mean, we don't even know if there were tears or what. And I'm sure at the same time he knew the end from the beginning, and he knew he had a plan. But I'm sure in that moment there was, where are you? 